Trezell and Jacqueline West are on trial for the murder of their sons, Orrin and Orson. The children are believed to be dead, but their bodies have not been found. Today the case was turned over to the jury for deliberation. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Hey everybody, welcome to the True Crime Squad. I'm Christy Brower, here with my sister, co-host, and partner in crime, Katie Weaver. Hey Katie. Hello. How's it going? Oh, it is going. It's going good. Oh, well, good. I heard a big crash right before we went live, so I wasn't <laughs> sure what was going on over there. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. I knocked a big crystal sphere on the floor, so <laughs> it rolled across the floor over next to the plants, and I'll have to worry about it later. Thank God the dog in my office nice. is sleeping behind me, but uh, right? yeah. Your dogs are little. They could get squished by something like that. Oh, yeah. It would be a disaster. Yeah. yeah. Crazy thing. So, anyway. He's fine. I'm fine. It's all fine. I don't know about the crystal. We'll find out. <laughs> Hopefully, it's fine as well. It's like Fingers a baseball-sized clear quartz sphere. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Clumsy. I, You know, just fine motor skills aren't my my best uh, <laughs> attribute. But I today, I was thinking about all the weddings we have this summer. We have so mm. many of our like cousins and nieces or our nephews getting married and just yeah. a summer like that. And I was thinking about that and I suddenly had this panic moment of realizing that for a wedding in just a few weeks, we were asked to make a sign that I completely forgot about. Oh. And I went, oh my God. So I texted my cousin and said, oh, do you guys still need that? And she's like, well, you, yeah, if you guys can do it. Oh my gosh. I said, what was it? <laughs> even remember (laughs) (laughs) i have valo brain i don't know what else to say i'm just still in the zone anyway i must be coming out of it because i at least i remember that i forgot something so there's that well that is good that is good yes i i hear you i am trying to just get back to normal function this week and i had a doctor's appointment today and my doctor said did you want to talk about anything else or could we you know talk about lori (laughs) valo This is our lives, you guys. Everybody knows what we yeah. do. Everywhere we go, people are like, oh, yeah. but the trial. But but, yep. but the trial. Yeah. So we, we got to get to get it together yeah. about some other cases because it turns out we have other cases. And this one is such a big one. It is one that's mm. so dear to our hearts. We it started is. following this case when these little children first went missing. We've been on it the whole time. Yeah. And I don't know. I'm terrified. Yeah, I'm terrified. So we are talking about the murder trial of Oren and Orson West. Their parents, and I know everyone says adoptive a lot, but that kind of bothers me as an adoptive parent. Mm -hmm. When you become, when you adopt a child, you legally become their parents. 
Yeah. And I don't want adoptive to let them off the hook at all. No. And, you know, and I hear that a lot, but they were their parents. I don't know if off the hook is, to me, it's like, it makes it worse, you know? Worse. Yeah, they're kind of that, but yeah. These children and and promised to, you know, take care of them. And instead they went ahead and killed them. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So we are talking about Trezell and Jacqueline West. Yeah. So the case went to the jury today. So we're going to give you a little recap of this case in case you're not familiar or just in case it's been a while since you heard about it. And then we're going to talk a little bit about what happened with closing arguments today as it has headed to the jury. Yeah. So this all started on December 21st of 2020. Yeah. And that the evening that night, um, Trezell and Jacqueline report that their three and four year old are missing. Yeah. They say that Trezell was outside gathering firewood while Jacqueline was in the house uh, wrapping presents because this was just a few days before Christmas. Mm-hmm. And that Oren and Orson were outside playing in the backyard. And that Trezell went back in the house for a minute. When he came back, the boys were gone. Mm-hmm. So they said that they looked all over, couldn't find them, called the police. So as should happen, the California City Police arrived. This is in California City, obviously. Yeah. Uh, a sheriff search and rescue team arrived and a highway patrol helicopter arrived. And the news of the kids missing spread very quickly in the community and volunteers yeah. showed up like crazy. Like people came out of the woodwork to come look for these little boys. Strangers showed out for these kids, right? And left. Absolutely. And and so did law enforcement. I mean, they immediately took it seriously. Yeah. And they went to looking for these boys. What we didn't know at the time is that Officer Brian Hansen from California City Police spoke to the West's four other children, four four boys, mm-hmm. and they all said that they had not seen Orin or Orson in weeks. Yep. And we didn't know that at the time. That came out at trial. Yeah. So investigators went through their home, of course, and they collected some evidence and they, you know, took it away as people are looking for these kids. Because, of course, they're looking in the house for anything that would indicate anything that's gone wrong. In this house, it was not so much what they found as what they didn't find. Yeah. So it was Christmas. There were gifts under the tree for four children, Mm -hmm. a home of six. There were stockings for four children. There were six. Yeah. There did not appear to be the toys and clothes and diapers and other, as you know, toddlers carry a huge amount of accessories. Right. And those things. Diapers got me. Yes. No dirty diapers in the trash. No wet wipes. One diaper. Yep. And they tested it for DNA. A dirty diaper. They tested it for DNA and it was one of the older boys. Uh huh. Okay. Was like the six year old. There was no indication in the garbage. No. There were no clean diapers in the house to indicate 
no. that, that there were diapers for, for children of smaller sizes. Like yeah. There were a lot of different sizes of diapers and not... There were no sippy cups. There were no, like, little children's uh, dining things. Nothing. Yeah. Nothing to indicate that these two boys had been in that home. Mm -hmm. So, of course, the police look everywhere for these kids. Yeah. And so does the community. But they're also then turning back on the parents because the West's children immediately say... We haven't seen them in weeks. Mm -hmm. Now, about three months before this, the Wests had moved from Bakersfield, California to California City. Mm -hmm. And the more they started looking at things, they start discovering that nobody at this California City house has seen these babies. They've seen the family around with how many kids? Four. Mm -hmm. Yep. There's no, like they, they looked at um, like ring cams and security cams from neighbors. They did not find these little boys on camera. Yep. They're finding nothing to indicate that these kids ever even lived in this house. Yeah. So, of course, they search the house. They take the parents' cell phones. Um, they search the home again the next day. Yeah. Uh, then the FBI digs up their backyard. Yeah. Right away, they know that they've got some questions and issues with mm -hmm. the kids. Yeah. So then on December 28th, a social worker interviews the West's oldest child. He was 10 at the time. And he tells her that he saw Oren vomit and die at the Bakersfield apartment mm -hmm. where they lived in roughly September of 2020. Yeah. He says that he agreed to keep quiet about this because his parents told him that if anybody found out, they could split up their family. Yeah. What a burden to place on a 10-year-old child. Right. Terrible. What a thing to do to him. Right. He also tells the social worker that he doesn't know what happened to Oren's body. Yep. And he says that they moved to California City a week later, and shortly after, Oren just disappeared. Is this the brother that said he heard a bump in the night? That he heard something in the night? Yes, I think so. One of the kids said it, because all of the kids, actually. Yes, all of the Eventually. kids that they have not seen Oren or yeah. Oren in a long time. That they don't know where they are. There's a lot of different stories that get told that right. they were with their biological grandma, that they mm -hmm. were with Trezell's mother. You know, there, there are a lot of stories told, but no one can confirm having seen these children in months. Right. Now, the older kids were not home, right? When the police were called. Right. The kids, they, they were at grandma's house. Yeah. Yep. They were at grandma's house, you know. Where you would think all the kids would be if they were doing, you know, some Christmas stuff at grandma's house. But no. Right. Or an Orson weren't there. Yeah. So then on December 29th, the California, um, the California city police chief tells the media that foul play is suspected mm -hmm. and that nothing was found in the West backyard. And then we start hearing um, some statements issued by. Um, extended family, 
Um, and, and there's talk of getting a private investigator and there's yeah. talk that, um, that the West don't think the police are doing enough to find the boys. Yeah. Because the police are running on a very different theory than what the West have told them. Yeah. And at this point, I don't believe that they know what their kids said either. No. No, I think not. Because they took those kids into CPS custody immediately. All of the kids went into CPS custody because they report that those their siblings have been missing for months. Right. Of course, they're not going to leave those kids in that home. No. So the Wests have two biological children. They've adopted two different sets of brothers. And at the time, the oldest one was 10. So they were all pretty, pretty little. Yeah. So over the overtime in January, um, a reward is offered for the boys. It starts at 25,000, goes up to 100,000 from multiple people in the community helping with that. And the police, you know, start putting out, you know, public pleas. If you saw anyone trespassing on the West property, if you yeah. saw anything, please tell us. Right. Um, they go to the house again. They use ground penetrating radar. They don't find anything in the ground. There are, um, several candlelight vigils that are held one in California city. One was held in Bakersfield where they had, uh, where they lived before they were adopted. Well, and bio family is all over this. They have been searching. They've been there. There's been real high tensions between the two families. Like it's been very hard. Yeah. It's been very hard. The biological family of Orn and Orson, uh, they, they start raising money to put up billboards. There are protesters outside the Department of Human Services. Like, tensions are high everywhere. And then you start seeing what happens, which is what happens a lot of times in missing children's cases, is that people all over the country start getting involved. Yeah. Um. You know, they're tracking the case, sharing information, you know, in case these kids have been taken and taken away from where they were, you know, supposedly last seen. But in March of 2021, the Bakersfield Police Department takes over the investigation because they think that really the kids went missing in Bakersfield. Yeah. Uh, So they do a bunch more searching. They search. Um a bunch of other places that are nearer to where they lived in Bakersfield in hopes that maybe, you know, they're going to find some, some evidence there. Mm-hmm. They serve a search warrant on March 12th at the home of the boy's adoptive grandmother. And the reward then increases to $125,000. Uh, Trizel West's mother, Wanda West, Mm-hmm. Releases a statement, um, you know, asking for help to look for her grandsons. She writes about losing them and also the other four children and about how CPS took them into custody. Yeah. Um, in June of 2021, police say that they have served 44 warrants in relation to this case. They've interviewed 83 people. Yeah. And they've seized 170 items in the investigation. So the police are working hard. And there was sort of a period where we didn't hear very much about what was going on with this case. But it's clear when you look back on it now that the police were doing all kinds of stuff. They were just being very quiet about it. 
Which is interesting because the public was very unhappy at that point. Right. Feeling like the police were not taking this seriously, that they weren't doing anything. And then as it turned out, it couldn't be further from the truth. Right. Not at all. They were just working behind the scenes and doing it quietly. Well, and there was so much family. Yeah. And honestly, so much kind of deceitful or, or at least low-key deceitful stuff going on. It was, I think it had to have been really hard for the police to sort out, like, who's telling the truth here and who's, right. who's Who do you even blatantly to? lying? Yeah. Yeah. Um, in September, Charles Pettis, who was the biological father of one of the boys, mm-hmm. files a wrongful death and negligence lawsuit against Child Protective Services for removing the children from his custody. Yeah. Um, there were some questions about if these kids were even um, removed from parental custody correctly, if yeah. they were actually legally actually had severed parental rights in order to be adopted. There were a lot of questions about mm-hmm. that, if this was even handled right. Yeah. I still don't think that we know the answers to those questions. Right. Uh, and then on March 1st of 2022, Trizell and Jacqueline West are indicted by a grand jury on charges of second-degree murder. And they're arrested. And when they were arrested, they were, like, living in a van, weren't they? In a, a, yeah, like a motorhome, yeah. And somebody in a gas station recognized them and called the police. Yeah. Yeah. They had kind of gone on the run, sort of, but they hadn't left the area, really. But they were, they were kind of living transiently at this point oh yeah definitely it should be pointed out that they were living on the stipend that they were receiving from the state for these children which was four thousand dollars a month yeah and they lost that when this all came down yeah um on march 2nd district attorney 2022 district attorney cynthia zimmer has a press conference she says the boys bodies have not been found but they have enough direct and circumstantial evidence to convince the grand jury that the boys were murdered. Mm-hmm. So she does make it public that it's believed that Orrin and Orson died in September of 2020, about three months before they were reported missing. Yeah. Giselle and Jacqueline pled not guilty also on March 3rd of 2022. Uh, and then, then there's a big, there's a big attorney fight that goes on. Right. Where the uh, defense attorneys. So Timothy Hennessy, uh, lead attorney for Trizel West and Alexia Torres Stallings, lead attorney for Jacqueline West, they held they hold a press conference and they accuse prosecutor Zimmer of spreading false information. Mm-hmm. So then the judge issues a gag order on this case. Yeah. And then we really didn't hear anything for a long time because you know you know from yep. other cases like the uh, Brian Koberger case you know right. gag orders mean we don't get to know what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, so we don't hear much for a while. Then in June of 2022, Ryan Dean, who is the biological mother of Orrin and Orson, mm-hmm. and her mother file a $40 million lawsuit. Then they amend it to seek $100 million for alleged civil rights violations. What they said is that the suit against the state and county stems from the decision to remove the children from their biological parents and then place them in a dangerous situation with the Wests. Yeah. 
Um, in 2016, Dean was suspected of child abuse after she took her oldest son, Oren, to a hospital for a broken leg. Yeah. According to the lawsuit, she filed reunification requests and completed parenting classes to regain custody, but that she was never given him back. Yeah. In 2017, she gave birth to Orson, who was removed from her custody a week later. So you may or may not know... But when uh, when a woman has children in CPS custody, it is pretty standard practice that if she has another child, for that child to immediately also to go into CPS custody. Yeah. If things are still under investigation or they've determined that it's not a safe place for the older child, then they, um, you know, it's fairly common. Be- yeah. It's a fairly common belief that if it's not safe for an older child, it's certainly not safe for an infant. Yeah. So that is fairly standard practice. It's not 100% of the time, but a pretty significant amount of the time. Yeah. So opening statements were presented in the West trial on March 28th of 2023. This trial had a lot of delays. And even within the trial itself, there were a lot of delays where they would take like a whole week off at a time. Yeah. Um, So the prosecutor is alleging that the boys died in September 2020. Mm-hmm. And the Wests are alleging that an unidentified accomplice took the kids. <laughs> okay. Right. But with absolute, they don't have any evidence at all of who that would be or no. there's no, they don't really have a theory other than we didn't do. It. Yeah. Okay. So this case has been now before the jury for a couple of months. Um, and it's a very circumstantial case. They do not have the children's bodies. Mm-hmm. They don't have a confession. They don't have any forensic evidence. What they have is the word of the kids when they mm-hmm. were first picked up by the police. And then the older son when he was um, interviewed by the social worker. So what the defense has done is attack the credibility of the police officer and yeah. the social worker and attack their uh, abilities as far as their ability to um, do impartial questioning of child yeah. victims because kids are very easily um, swayed or, you know, they're very impressionable. You can just say right. something that they will think that's what you want them to say and then they'll say that back to you basically is yeah. what I'm trying to say. So that's the big, that's the main battle going on here is yeah. that the prosecution has um, the the statements of the kids, plus a lot of other investigation in which they can prove that yeah. there's absolutely no evidence that those kids ever lived at that house. Yeah. Um, there's no, no one ever saw those boys mm-hmm. or could describe them, the neighbors, anybody with a ring cam, anybody like that. Um. So today, I don't know. I th- this case makes me very nervous, honestly. It does. I mean, they did bring up, yeah, people they didn't investigate, things they didn't do. I still think the testimony of the kids is very, very damning. It is, uh, it is a little bit inconsistent, depending on who interviewed them. The forensic psychologist that uh, testified for the defense. Uh, she was really a piece of work, in my opinion. Yeah. And one thing she said was that uh, 
of course she was picking apart the uh the techniques but uh she was what she's claiming is implantation yeah that basically the police implanted into these kids heads what the narrative they wanted them to run with and then that's just what they've been regurgitating um honestly though the fact that the stories did change somewhat here and there makes me think that's not true right i mean i, I would know. expect the stories to change a little bit with with small little kids children. yeah right yeah right well and then wanda west was on the stand mm -hmm. uh, most recently and oh my god she's also not a credible witness i think that well maybe this was the first time she ever really told the truth not an honest witness in my she just maybe she was when she finally got on the stand but boy it sure seems like she's covered a lot for them she has a lot and and Trizel and Jacqueline's stories have changed significantly multiple times oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. um it's very hard to believe them because their their initial um interviews versus the next you know other times that they were questioned and things they said about each other that were conflicting it's one of not the things, very, uh, it's not clear at all. No. One of the things that the prosecutor said in his close was that uh, they have uh, committed many overt acts, which, you know, overt acts is something we heard a lot about in the close for Lori Vallow. Right. Talking about all the overt acts, like the moving around, like the uh having kids at different houses at different times, like keeping things kind of uh, confused and discombobulated. And then a lot of the lies that they told uh, and told conflicting lies to various family members and things like that. Like it's been a hotbed of lies from both of them. Mm -hmm. It has. Well, we and then, for sure. then there was the time that they were trying to um, maneuver getting visits with their children while they were in jail, while the kids were in yeah. CPS custody. Yeah. And they were very intent on getting to speak to their children, mm -hmm. which I found very concerning. Yeah. Considering yeah. that the, uh, the statements about what would have happened, what's happened to at least one yeah. of these children and when they stopped being around anymore mm -hmm. came from the kids. Yeah. They were very intent on getting um, visits with them. Yeah. And that that's really concerning because the kids are witnesses in their trial. Yeah. So what do you think? What do you think is going to come back from the jury? I'm worried. I'm worried. I, I, I don't know. I mean, there's, on one hand, how could they not? It's the overt acts. It's the lies. It's the confusion it's the lack of evidence it's things like trying to claim that they would have pushed that gate open at the uh california city house to sneak out yes. that gate was hard for a grown man it was a big steel gate or iron gate and it was hard for a grown man to push open and they're claiming these little children pushed through it yeah uh the fact that uh that the dogs that were searching for them didn't pick up much of a scent of them at all at the house if any mm -hmm. uh there, a lot of those things, I think, is going to speak to the jury. Well, and Trezell and um, Jacqueline pointed fingers at each other about that mm -hmm. gate, about which one of them has clo had closed it. Mm -hmm. their, their statements about the other person were inconsistent when the police talked to them initially. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I had trouble with the gate too because these are little tiny kids, guys. Yeah, three and they were four. itty bitty. Also, the timing of why that moment did they decide to call and say that these kids were missing, right. being totally unprepared in the house to represent that the kids were there? Yeah. I guess those are things they just didn't think about. Uh, well, something I'm else. I'm convinced that they're guilty. I am. I am too. Something else that they told police is that they didn't think that the police could speak to their children without their permission. Interesting. Which I found very interesting um, because that's not true at all. And, you know, the kids yeah. can, can have a representative with them or a special kind of interrogator, all that kind of stuff. But certainly the kids could be questioned without the parents' permission and without the parents present given this situation. But they believed that the kids couldn't couldn't be questioned. And so yeah. they thought they couldn't speak against them, mm -hmm. which was interesting. You know, there was certainly yeah. the oldest child was fearful um, that something bad would happen to their family if he were yeah. to tell this story. And, you know, he says that he made an agreement with his parents that he wouldn't tell anyone. And that I they asked so him to so. promise yeah. not to tell anyone, which is awful, awful to do. I feel so sorry for that little boy. Yeah, and that's part of it that uh, his testimony in saying things like that, yeah. you're really here to tell me that all of that was just an implanted memory. Right. All of that. Particularly because that he resonate. was saying basically the same story from the beginning. Yeah. And all of the kids have been saying, maybe the timelines aren't exact because these are little kids yeah. and they're the not going to remember are not the exact. timeline. But basically what they're saying is we haven't seen our brothers in a long time. In a long time. Yeah. They haven't been here with us. No. Why would kids say that if it weren't true? Right. You know? That's a weird thing for a kid to say at any time that lived yeah. under the same roof. Especially because one of the things that they said about these kids is that they both cried a lot. Yeah. They were unhappy, unsettled little guys, and they both cried a lot. And for kids who were always crying and pretty challenging, you'd think they would know that they weren't there, you know? Right, right. There was also the 16-year-old that testified that was yes. a former foster child. Yeah who said that uh, that they disciplined the kids by hitting them with a belt mm -hmm. and that when the babies wouldn't stop crying, the little ones wouldn't stop crying, that Jacqueline would put them in a headlock and wrestle or them down. Choke into, them. Or a choke hold, yeah. Wrestle them down to and choking them to make them stop crying. Yeah. Can you imagine doing that to make a kid stop crying? No. Or, or doing that at all, obviously, but uh, what? But how fearful yeah. these little guys' lives must have been. And again, the 16-year-old had no reason to lie. None. No, he didn't. He had been a foster child of theirs, but yeah. they didn't adopt him. So he was not with them at this time. But Yeah. And of course, the, the ongoing question of how did CPS allow this shit to happen? How did they allow this mm -hmm. to happen? There are still a lot of questions about the placement of the boys with them the speed at which the adoption occurred. Um, yeah, because you know, there was a foster mom before them. Yes. These were, these, they weren't the boys' first placement. There was a foster no. mom before them who thought she was adopting the boys. Right. She had been going through the process to adopt them, and her grade school daughter 
went to school and had a scratch on her leg. And for that scratch, CPS was called. Yeah. And they instantly removed the boys from her house. And almost immediately, the West adopted them. Yes. Uh, there was no action taken against her whatsoever. CPS no. just asked some questions about the scratch and it was over. But because of that. But then when you back up to bio mom, there's significant evidence there that the state didn't do their right due diligence to even remove them from her care. Well, or bio dad. Yeah. Yeah. Or dad's. Uh, there's two dads. There's two dads. But uh, were there were their parental rights even actually illegally severed? We're not sure. Well, one mm. of them swears one dad swears that uh he was not contacted in any way and that he would have happily taken his boy had he known that that was going on but he wasn't even given the option and he was which again is a violation of his rights yeah right it is it it is a violation of his rights and i i know that everybody every state handles these things differently but i am an adoptive parent i'm a foster adoptive parent i fostered we fostered our son and then adopted him out of the system Mm -hmm. and there's a process by which parents' rights are severed that has to be followed before a child can go up for adoption in Mm -hmm. a situation like this, you know, um, where it isn't voluntary on the part of the parents. And and so there's a lot of questions here about should these kids have ever even been in the West Care to begin with? Right. Right. Uh, but yeah, I, you know, so many questions, only some of which were answered in the trial, I feel like. Yeah. Yes. I didn't feel like. And they called 63 witnesses. They did. I mean, they did their due diligence. I think they're going to get their guilty verdict. I do. I, I'm calm. I'm, I'm kind of confident. I I think that they will. I feel like they are going to get it. Um, I feel like there'll be appeal upon appeal. I particularly dislike Jacqueline's attorney. Mm. Uh, just everything about her, the things that she said, her acidity. I, I just did not like her at all. Mm-hmm. But I wasn't a thousand percent sold on the prosecutor either. Um, I don't know. I The whole thing has just, it's felt terrible from the beginning and it doesn't feel any better now. And mm-hmm. part of that probably is because we don't have a clue where these little ones are. Right. No idea where, they're, where they are. There was um, a witness who saw Trizel returning from somewhere with a cooler and there was some speculation that their bodies had been dumped in a landfill. Um, as little as they are and as long as it has been, they'll never find them. No, we know that. True. We've they'll seen this happen them. before with other with yeah. other little kids. And if that's the case, they oh, won't man. ever find them. Landfill is one of the worst case scenarios. Oh. Especially in big areas. Mm-hmm. A, a place like ours, that might not be the worst place to have to you know suss out a body, but in these larger uh, communities that have so much garbage service. No, the a body can be buried under hundreds of tons of, of garbage in just a couple of days. Yeah. Yeah. And um, the garbage, the trash itself speeds up decomposition. And yeah. so it wouldn't take very long for a body to just be bones. Yep. Yeah. It's, it's terrible. That's, that's the saddest part I think is that there's no, Where's any closure unless their bodies are found or at least someone Mm -hmm. speaks about where they are. There's no closure for anybody in this situation. These boys just disappeared into thin air. Yeah. People in the courtroom today said that uh, while the prosecutor was offering his closing statements, that people were sobbing. Yeah. It's such a sad, terrible case. 
It is. And I hope that they both uh, catch the fullest penalty that can possibly be given. In this case, I hope they get a full conviction. And the jury's out. It's in the jury's hands as we speak. Yeah. So we will let you know as soon as the jury is back. Yeah. And what their verdict is. Mm -hmm. um, but this is, you know, a, a no-body murder case is, they're very challenging. They are, but they actually have a better conviction rate. Because they won't take them to trial unless they really have their shit together. Right. They, they've got to feel very confident about what they do have. Mm -hmm. Or you end up in a very Morphew situation. Did you see that jerk did an interview this week? Yes. Oh, God. Such a creep. Yeah. That's a conversation for another day. But it that, is. that's another one. It is. Right. It is. And it is another another case where we may never know yeah but that is what we know about the west trial and we'll keep you updated about what what comes up yeah. in that case and what the jury has to say so yeah i i'm i'm glad we're back to more content it feels good to be talking about some other cases yeah yeah we'll be however lots of movement actually in valo so we'll have plenty to share tomorrow night on case updates yeah, so Wednesday, 7 p.m. Mountain is our case updates live stream. We do have a lot mm -hmm. in uh, the Valor case and many others. So we yeah. will be back with all of that tomorrow night. Yes. And you know what we are, True Crime Squad. Thanks for being here. Take care. <laughs>